Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, and this is episode number 481 for Wednesday, the 7th of December, <laughs> 2016. So nice to see you. My name is Robbie Ferguson. Help me wel- welcome Jeff Weston. Hello. And over there in the newsroom, Sasha Dermatis is here with us as well. And tonight, we are going to be continuing our action cam showdown. But tonight, we've got ooh, five more cameras ooh. to add to the mix. A total of six cameras tonight going to be reviewed in such a way we are going to find out which of these six cameras performs the best when it comes to live streaming over HDMI. So if you've ever wanted to do broadcasting, hey, you want to buy an action cam that will work not only in the field, but also in the studio, perfect for a home studio, stick around. We're going to find out which one is going to do the best job. I'm going to leave it to you to decide. Over in the newsroom, Sasha Dermanis. Here's what's coming up in the Category5.tv newsroom. Thieves are using radio jammers to leave your car unlocked when you use your key fob to lock it. The evolution of the grocery store is coming from Amazon. From the creepy toy files, you might want to think twice about placing an IQ or Kayla smart toy under the tree this season. And are you a daily motion user? Change your passwords immediately. Stick around. The full details are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Our live recordings are trusted only to solid-state drives from Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs. I'm your host tonight, Robbie Ferguson, and Jeff Weston's here. Sasha Dermatis is here. Jeff, how you been? I'm good. Missed you last week. I know. I'm sorry I couldn't be here. Mm-hmm. Work kept me away. Was, yeah, well, nice to see you tonight. I'm glad to be here. Anything new? Lots um, of snow? Yeah, we're getting a big snowstorm tomorrow, but uh, yeah, you know, it's that's what's new here in Canada. It's like, what's new? Snow. Yeah, pretty much. It's more snow. In all, all winter, it's going to be more snow. That's pretty much. Well, they're saying it's going to be really bad winter. Yeah? Yeah. Which means a white Christmas, which the kids will be happy about. Potentially. Which means every day will be a snow day, which the kids will be happy about. Yeah, but I have to go to work in that. I have to go to work in that. So I will not be happy. (laughs) Hey, we've got some delicious coffee on tonight. Yeah, we do. Thanks to Kim Martin for donating a Tassimo coffee maker. Thank you. Thanks, Kim. I was going to try and slurp it there, but... Makes really good coffee. But I just, I can't slurp coffee. How's everybody doing in internet land? How are you? want to say thanks to everybody who's been supporting us uh, over the past little while and over the past week um, seeing your contributions come in it's a great way to uh, support the show that you love we're volunteers here and uh, our bills are high our income is low and your contributions keep the show strong and help us to be able to bring you this uh, this broadcast every single week and uh, we really appreciate that Robbie have have people been using the affiliate links on Amazon indeed yeah people are Christmas shopping Sasha and uh, we're seeing a lot of that and that's making a huge difference so uh, you can go over to our website category5.tv just click on support us there are a variety of ways to do that but you'll see our partner links and that is a neat way to do it um, because it doesn't cost you anything you're that's right. if you shop on amazon anyways if you shop on ebay or Newegg, um you just go there through our link and if you remember to do that uh, a good percentage of the sale actually goes to commission of whoever referred you. And if, if that's us, then that commission goes to supporting the shows. Um, so that's a really cool way to do it as well. 
and Christmas now, shopping is a great opportunity. Now, with the affili- affiliate links, yeah. one thing to be aware of, and I made this mistake, and I didn't realize it's the way it worked. If you go to those websites for the affiliate link, but then you decide to do a search for like, oh, you know, something from Red, like a, a like Google a discount website, and to get right. the code, yeah, that overwrites the Cat Five referral. Um, was that Newegg? It, uh, Just it was a- Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. What what he means, I believe, is so you go through our link and then you go into Google and you do a search for a coupon code or something right. like that to try to, you know, or go to Retail Me Not or something like that, get a coupon right. code. By doing that, of course, they're in the same, they're doing the same thing. The reason that they offer free coupons is because then you get their affiliate link. So now all of a sudden that commission goes to whoever you snagged the coupon from. Oh, uh, whereas, so yeah, you gotta, you gotta be careful of that. So uh, you can usually undo it by just just before you check out, just click on our affiliate link again and just make sure um, that, that it's active. And the other thing is if your session times out, so, you know, you or you were using a different computer mm-hmm. uh, when you added things to your cart. When you come back to your cart, make sure you click on that link again and that will create the session with our affiliate link. And then whatever you check out with will, will go to uh, a small percentage will go to us. And it's it not even help. a small percentage. It's like 6% right now. Uh, really? Over, yeah, over wow. Christmas. Uh, some of the links, if you go to our website, category5.tv, you see on the page there are sometimes Amazon links to like drones and whatever else they want to advertise on our site. Those are 12% commission. Wow. It's amazing. And I share this with you because we're open about these kinds of things, our financial needs and, and the way that we're raising funds, and because I want you to know how you're helping Category 5. And, and you know, if you're standing by us, um, it, it means a lot, and we appreciate it so much. It actually, it's funny. Like, people use Amazon a lot right now because it's Christmas, but mm-hmm. then I have been using it lately for things that I need to buy on repeat. So I have, like, hand lotion and, yep. and shampoo and conditioner, stuff like that. It's great pricing. Get. Yeah. It really is. And now they're going to be doing grocery stores? Yeah. What the what? It's all robots running it. It's kind Do you think of it's awesome. going to be robots making the lasagnas? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I went there. Once per show. Yep, you did. And then we move on. <laughs> all right. I've got a beautiful assortment of cameras here on my desk. All of them are available at cat5.tv slash action cam. I'm going to tell you really briefly what each one is. We're not going to get too heavy on specifications at this moment because we're going to be covering them over the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, Okay, first of all, you already met the DJI Osmo on episode number 480 of Category 5 Technology TV. Have you seen it? Yeah. Oh, this is a sweet little number for run and gun. So cool. It's got the built-in uh, three-axis gimbal, so you don't have to worry about your footsteps and stuff like that or holding your hand straight. It automatically adjusts itself. It's fantastic. It shoots great 4K video. I should say all of the cameras that we're looking at tonight are 4K cameras. We're not going to bother with the 1080p. Come on now. Come on now. So last year. Yeah, it's so 1997. Something like that. Okay, next up, we've got um, the SJ Cam SJ 5000X. Uh, I have the 4000 at home. Oh, yeah? So you've yeah. got the 1080p model. Yes, I do. This is the 4K version. All right. Now, we're going to get into it a little bit tonight. It's not true 4K. But I wanted to show you, because I know that you're shopping online and you're saying, well, what's the difference between the Key Mission 170 and the uh, SJ Cam other than the significant difference in price? Or maybe you're looking at, uh, at the Garmin Verb Ultra 30, right? They're very similar as far as their, 
design and what they mm-hmm. can do uh, as far as the specifications go, but we want to compare tonight so that you can see uh, the actual difference. We're going to do that in live mode. So that's the SJ Cam for uh, 5000X. Then, as I said, the Garmin Verb Ultra 30. This is a cool little action cam. Uh, again, 4K. Then we have the Tough TG Tracker. This is from Olympus. That's it's a stylus camera. That's, that's, that's my your favorite. favorite. I want to take that one to Jamaica. I love the form factor of this one. I love that it is very much like a like the old style handy cam, yeah. but so tiny. It's got a really super wide angle lens. It has um, it's it's got a lot of great features. Uh, one of the things that I do like about this, you talk about bringing it to Jamaica. Yeah. It's waterproof without a case. So What's, just like, like this, you can you can take it. No, it is scuba divable. Yeah, you can take this down way down. And uh, go swimming with it without a case. It also has a, a built-in light so that if you're underwater, you don't have to worry about um, supplementing it with light. Wow. Um, it's got some really, really great features to it that I'm excited to unveil over the next couple of weeks. Uh, and it's also shatter-resistant. Uh, it is crush-proof. Uh, you can drop it from seven feet and it won't break. Uh, so this is a, a really neat, tough, rugged camera. Then we've got the Sony FDR-X3000. This one is... Uh, a little bit uh, different as far as the styling goes. Mm-hmm. You can see, you know, the traditional kind of GoPro style action cam versus this is Sony's approach with no screen, which is uh, kind of in- an interesting no take screen on at it. all. Well, it has a little LED screen um, or LCD screen, which you know, it's like. Oh yeah, like but a, that doesn't show you what you're. No, filming. you don't. You don't see what you're filming. It has Wi-Fi. All of the cameras are going to have Wi-Fi these days, and Bluetooth, right. and and that kind of stuff. So, uh, or at least all of them are going to have Wi-Fi. Some of them are going to have Bluetooth and other technologies for wireless communication. They have apps, and you can so you can stream this to your phone, and you can see the okay. live view that way. Uh, but as far as built into the camera, it's not like the Tough TG Tracker where you've got a built-in screen that pops out like that, right. which is pretty decent. Um, and then these guys have a, a screen built into the back. Uh, where the Garmin Ultra Verb 30, uh, the Garmin Verb Ultra 30, if I can get it right, uh, is touchscreen. Oh, okay. And it's touchscreen. I was surprised to find that it's touchscreen through the waterproof case. Oh. So that's an interesting little uh, tidbit for you. Then we've got the Nikon uh, approach to um, action cams. This is the uh, Key Mission 170. So this is the, uh, I guess... Is it 170 degrees? Is that what the 170 um, refers to? So this is not their 360 model. They've also brought out the Key Mission 360, uh, which is a full 360 view. But this is, we're just looking at um, standard view cameras um, uh, during this feature. So this is their 4K approach to uh, an action cam. Feels really um, sturdy, eh? Like, feel the weight of that. Oh, wow. It's pretty significant when you compare that to, say, the SJ cam or right. even the Sony. Yeah. The Sony camera is quite lightweight as well. Absolutely. The Nikon uh, Key Mission 170 is pretty heavy. This feels, it's feels almost like it's um, there's more metal to it than there is plastic. You know what? Yeah, it might be. Eh? It certainly is. It feels really rugged. Uh, it's also waterproof without a case, which wow. is nice. These guys, uh, like these guys, you're going to have to put a case on them right. if you want to put them under the water. Uh, same with this. This one, uh, all of them come with a waterproof case, so that's a bonus. And, of course, do not submerge. <laughs> All right? Never. <laughs> ever. Ever. What? I feel like that should be self-explanatory just looking at it. It is self-explanatory. <laughs> so tonight what we're going to do is a little bit 
interesting. Um, so we're just going to jump right into it because in the video I, I explain what what is going on, but we're going to check out um, how each of these cameras perform, and not all of them do, but we're going to see how each camera performs in a live broadcast scenario. Mm -hmm. So can it be used in your home studio or in a studio like Studio D here at Category 5 Technology TV? Let's find out. We're going to check it out with our live mode viability test as we compare these six cameras, uh, all 4K, right here on Category 5 Technology TV. It's time for the live mode viability test of these cameras, and what we're going to do is set aside any of the in-app features. It's cool to be able to stream to things like YouTube and Ustream live from the app, but that requires connecting wirelessly to the camera, then streaming through your LTE or Wi-Fi network from your phone or your tablet or whatever. There's a time and place for that. I could see if you're downhill skiing, for example, and you want to live stream it to mom and dad so that they can go, <gasps> watch out for the tree, then, uh, you know, that's cool. That's really, really cool, but not what we're doing here today. What we're doing is a little more fandangled. We are going live output from the HDMI port of these cameras into a Magewell 4K capture card through HDMI. So that card from Magewell can capture up to 4K resolution. So we can get the full 4K off the camera through HDMI, and then it goes into software. The software that we're using is called Telestream Wirecast, and what that allows us to do is live stream to any platform. I mean, if it's YouTube, you stream your own personal RTMP server, whatever, it will take it. Uh, and then it also allows you to record to disk. You can record at full 4K if you want, but what I'm interested in is recording at, say, 1080p or 720p and broadcasting at that resolution because what we can then do with a, a nice quality 4K camera, we can zoom in on that 4K canvas to 1080p or 720p and then move around within the canvas creating virtual camera shots. So we can actually make it look like we have multiple cameras or similarly a camera person operating a, a stationary camera, but we can make it look like it's moving back and forth and pointing at the right people and the right areas of the screen. Uh, because we've got 4K to work with, we can zoom in on that. That's something that I'm very interested in, and so we're going to actually zoom in on these cameras and see how the quality degrades when we get up to higher uh, virtual zoom levels. So our criteria today, of course, is can we get live, clean HDMI off of these cameras. So what clean HDMI is, is that means there are no icons surrounding it. There's no little record blinker. There's no numbers at the bottom with the date and all that. It is just a clean video source. That's important to us because we're going to be doing broadcasting, say. Okay, so then from there, what's the quality of that HDMI output like? What does it look like? When we zoom in on it, does it still look okay? Is it still usable? Then uh, we're going to, you know, along the same vein, you know, what kind of fisheye effect are we getting? Because action cams are notorious for that. Those things are all important to us as well when we're live streaming because we're not going to be post-producing fisheye uh, out of the video. And then, finally, our final criteria on this particular test is can it be powered from an external power source? When we're live streaming, we don't want the battery to die and have our camera automatically turn off. No, sir. We want to be able to power it from an external USB or whatever it may be. So those are our three criteria. Let's get right into it. I'm just going to show you the cameras. I'm just going to show you how they look and how they operate in live mode. And then it's up to you to make the decision. If live streaming over HDMI is something you're entirely uninterested in, 
Well, you may think that the live mode viability test is something you should skip over, but I want to bring two points to your attention. First of all, we're going to be looking at whether or not this can be powered by an external power source. And that applies to you if you're going to ever put your camera on a tripod, say, push record and walk away. You don't want it to turn off halfway through. So stick around. We're going to be showing you that. Also, we're going to be zooming in on the 4K canvas so that you can see the actual quality when we get into 200, 400%. And that's important if you ever think you're going to be editing your video in such a way that you want to crop in and uh, get a tighter shot after you've already shot the video. So you want to see the quality uh, in the end result. So you do want to stick around. We're going to start things off with the SJ Cam SJ5000X. And the reason that we wanted to include this particular action cam isn't so much to show it off. As you can see, the video quality is rather poor. But rather, it answers the question, why is this one at such a lower price point? And is it worth spending the extra money to go with something a little more expensive? The SJ5000X comes with the GoPro-compatible waterproof housing, which, um, of course, when it's on, you're going to be able to mount that to a tripod, but then you're not going to have the ability to plug in HDMI and USB. Uh, that said, one of the bonuses here is that the SJ Cam SJ5000X, as well as the 4000, do include a handy little thing here that allows you to put it on a tripod in two different directions. So this just simply clips on, and there you have it. So now you've got an SJ Cam uh, that is ready to be mounted with a quarter inch threading on a tripod. So that's a bit of a bonus. As far as live HDMI output goes, as you can see, I've got a little icon up here and I've got a couple of icons over here. I don't know how to point to them on the screen, but you can see them there on the left-hand side. And those icons are showing even though I have selected to turn off the on-screen display. As you can see, those are still there. There's a little bit of a ghosting effect going on if I move really, really quickly, and we're going to see that as we get in on higher zoom levels. First of all, even though it's advertised as a 4K action cam, the SJ Cam SJ5000X is in fact a 2K action cam. The sensor can only pick up 2K, and that then is a, it allows 4K output, 4K file recording using what's called interpolation. So essentially, it blows up the image and tries to fill in the gaps. And we've just lost the input signal. It looks like it goes to sleep as well. So I fired it back up, but uh, as you can see, that's not going to work very well for us in a live mode environment. Let's get a look at it really quickly before it shuts off on us again. First of all, check out this box. See if you can read, uh, let's see, some information over here on the side. Here's some text for you. Let's get in there at 150% zoom level, and you can really see even at that level that there's some pixelation in the video. Watch what happens when I move the box. It almost looks like it's interlaced. Do you see that? It's like a striping on the box. Let's get into 200%. And the video quality, as you can see, is practically unusable. 250%. There we are at 250. You can really start to see that kind of effect that we're seeing there. And check out the text. Check out my face when I move. So you can see that the, uh, the SJ Cam SJ5000X, while at a lower price point, is definitely, uh, I think we're going to find tonight, is of a much significantly lower quality than some of the higher-end cameras. Uh, you can see that this text is uh, almost unreadable. You can make it out, but it is blurry as anything at 400%. 450%, we're really seeing some shimmering. Ooh, look at what my hands look like. 
That's interesting. And finally, at 500%, which we would expect to be unusable, we really can see that effect. So that's the SJ Cam SJ5000X. I was hoping that it would do better in a live mode uh, viability test, but unfortunately doesn't perform very well. And I've lost signal again. Let's move along. Now you see me on the Garmin Verb Ultra 30 action cam. A couple of notable features when it comes to live streaming. First of all, the uh, Apple version of their app will allow you to stream live to YouTube from the camera over Wi-Fi. We're not focusing on that. What we are focused on is HDMI 4K output. So this camera is also capable, as you see, of full 4K output over HDMI. So we have an HDMI cable going from the Garmin Verb Ultra 30 into a Magewell 4K capture card and into Telestream Wirecast. It's got great-looking, um, clean HDMI. Uh, a couple other notable features here in this particular environment is that we have power coming in over USB micro, uh, so we're not having to uh, utilize the internal battery or worry about the battery dying during a live shoot. Um, also, the internal screen on the Garmin Verb Ultra 30 is still operational, even with HDMI output enabled. Um, so if there's an operator on the camera, they are able to actually see the little uh, mini screen built into the Garmin Verb Ultra 30 as well. Now, the one caveat with that is that it does tend to turn off. I'm not sure what the timer is, but it seems every every 60 seconds or so, the screen will simply go black. You can touch the screen, you can push one of the buttons, and it will come back to life. But my fear with that is that as a camera oper operator is touching the camera, it's going to jostle it a little bit. Speaking of jostling it, there is no stable way to mount the Garmin Verb Ultra 30 on a tripod at least out of the box anyways. And I don't know of any accessory, but I'll tell you what I have found. The Garmin Verb Ultra 30 comes with a waterproof case. This is GoPro mountable, and you know, the accessories are GoPro compatible. And you can buy a quarter inch threaded um, accessory for this, and it'd be cheap, it'd be a couple bucks. No problem there, so you'd be able to mount this particular case on a tripod. That said, as soon as you do that, you lose the capability to plug in HDMI output and USB power because we've got a solid shell. So I think you would have to Dremel this uh, and basically modify the case in order to create a tripod mounting accessory for the Garmin Verb Ultra 30. The camera itself does not have a threading for a tripod mount, and nothing was included in the box to allow me to mount it to anything other than GoPro accessories. Um, so as you can see, my camera angle is a little bit tilted here. That's because I've only got it balanced very carefully on my tripod because there's no way to screw it in. So considering the fact that they have a focus on live streaming with their YouTube-enabled uh, Apple app, um, and also, obviously, they have put some great work into the HDMI output and the ability to power the, uh, the device over USB. I mean, the camera looks fantastic, I, I have to say. I mean, I know that's my own opinion, but what do you think? Um, and so I'm a little disappointed that Garmin didn't put a, a little attention to detail into the fact that, hey, we've got these great features for, um, for live streaming or HDMI use, so why are we not including some way to mount this camera out of the box on a tripod? That's my one disappointment. Let's take a look at the camera quality. 150% zoom. There we are. Uh, this is digital zoom, so you can see that um, that is just kind of zoomed in on the canvas, and it looks great. Uh, moving in a little bit closer, 200%. There we are. Um, please pay attention to the uh, text on the side of my CX 
33 bucks here, as that's a little bit of a, a comparison for you between the different cameras. Let's get in there to 250%. And as you can see, I'm still looking pretty clean. Um, there's a little bit of a fuzziness to the picture, but otherwise still pretty good considering the level of zoom that we have here. Keep in mind, the actual frame is way back here. And I also noticed that there's not a lot of fisheye going on. You can see a little bit over here. Um, you can see the the roof here and the uh, and the drop ceiling. You can see a little bit of a curvature there, but it's not terrible. Uh, let's get in there to 300% um, and then into 350. There we're really starting to see some fuzziness. It's not like a pixelation. It's a little bit of a fuzz to it. So that's kind of it's pretty clear for how close we are 350 percent zoom um, and look at this text okay let's get into 400 percent and we're still still looking fairly usable unreal okay 450 percent we're really starting to get away from quality video here and 500 percent is ridiculous Look at the camera here, or my microphone, pardon me. Um, you'll see that there is a little bit of an odd anomaly there, and it's very, very subtle. So I think all in all, the, my impression with the Garmin Verb Ultra 30 is that the, uh, the, uh, the video coming off of the camera over HDMI is, is really nice quality, uh, and you can do a lot with that. So that's uh, pretty superb. We just have to look at how can we possibly mount this to a uh, tripod, and maybe modding our case is the answer. Let's move along. We're going to take a look at the, uh, the Sony FDR-X 3000 next. This action cam has clean HDMI output, as you can see. As well as that, I am powering it over USB micro, so we're not draining the battery while we shoot stationary video. Another thing that's important to me is being able to mount it on a tripod. Well, how many hoops do we have to go through with the FDR-X3000? Absolutely zero. Here's the waterproof case. The waterproof case, in fact, has a quarter-inch tripod threading on the base of the case. So no matter what, in the case, you can screw that onto a tripod and use it, whatever you want to use. Uh, but that said, outside of the case, you'll notice the case is here, camera's there. The camera itself has a quarter-inch tripod mounting threading on the base of the camera. So you don't need a case, you don't need any kind of adapters or anything. It mounts directly onto a tripod. That's fantastic. Uh, okay, looking at the video quality, we do have a little bit of a curvature, not too bad. You can see this monitor, which has a straight edge. It has a little bit of a break in it. It's not quite a perfect curve like a fisheye effect. It has a bit of a kind of uh, uh, uh. It's almost triangular a little bit there. Um, looking at the, the ceiling tiles, you can see that curvature. It's not too pronounced, and the, the image is not horribly distorted. The one thing that I do see here that... Uh, these lights are doing to my bald forehead is that I'm seeing a lot of glare. I don't know if I can blame that on the camera so much as what I got up here or don't have up here. Um, so there, you know, that's something to observe anyways. Um, zooming in, 150%. Camera looks good. Uh, we can read the text here on the side of the box. That is uh, digital zoom at 150%. Let's get in there to 200%. We've got a little bit more graininess than the, uh, than the Garmin camera. Um, let's get in there to 250%. Um, definitely we can see that. Uh, 300%. There we are. 350%. Ooh, now we're getting into ridiculous. But I can already see my microphone has kind of got a little bit of a strange strange anomaly to it. Let's get in there to 
See that? It's almost, it's not interlaced, but it's almost blocky. Like there are little pixels that we're seeing there. Definitely see them there at 450%. And at 500, there you go. I, I feel like the back wall has a clearer focus than I do. Do you see that? So the, the brick almost seems to have a, a slightly clearer focus. I'm not sure if that's because of my position. Maybe I'm, but I'm about six feet from the camera. So it's not like I'm right up close to it or anything like that. Um, you can see that I do have quite a bit of distance, but that's the impression that I get anyways when I'm right in there. The back wall looks a lot more clear than I do. Let's get a look at this box. Maybe that will give us a better impression. Text looks pretty good. Remember, I'm looking at this at 500%, okay? So that's digital zoom, not to show you that I can digitally zoom in on the 4K canvas, but to show you a kind of a close-up of, you know, what does the picture actually look like if you get really, really tight into it? Um, and you, it really starts to expose some of the, uh, the differences in lenses and, and, uh, and the actual uh, camera itself. But there you go. There it is at 350%. Um, what do you think? We can compare that to the other cameras as well and see. I do love the form factor of this camera. I love the way that it operates. I love that it has true 4K output on, uh, on the camera just like that over HDMI. And it does have a, a fairly good picture, especially when we're zoomed out like this. Um, when I get into 150%, still looks pretty good, eh? There it is. Your impression? That's up to you. Uh, let's see what you think. Okay, let's look at some of the cameras that fail our live mode viability test. This is all the output that we can get from the Nikon Key Mission 170. Unfortunately, it does not have clean HDMI output. Similarly, I'm a little disappointed to find that the Olympus Stylus Tough TG Tracker also does not feature live clean HDMI output. It looks like this. And finally, it's the DJI Osmo 4K. While this is a great little camera, we notice that, uh, well, the key reason that it fails the live mode viability test is we have no HDMI output. We've got a USB port on the back of the camera itself, but no video out. So we did find that we've got a tripod threading here that we can mount it on a tripod. However, because we have no live mode out output over HDMI, it fails that particular test while excelling at pretty much everything else. It's a great little run and gun camera, but it is meant to be used uh, to record to the uh, micro SD card that you place in it. So unfortunately, the DJI Osmo, while a cool camera, is going to fail our live mode viability test. All right, let's recap. Here's the SJ Cam SJ5000X at 100%, zoomed right out to the full frame. And uh, it uh, isn't looking too, too great. Uh, let's get in there to 300%. This really shows the lower quality of this camera, the SJ5000X from SJ Cam. Now let's look at the Garmin Verb Ultra 30. And this is it at its full frame, 100%. And let's get into 300% so that we can really see the uh, quality of this camera in comparison. And now let's move on to the Sony FDR-X3000. This is what it looks like at 100%. And now let's zoom into 300%.
And finally, here's the side-by-side -side shot. None of these are scaled. These are just cropped. So this is exactly how it looked um, during the feature. And as you can see, the SJCam SJ5000X is quite a bit tighter than the other two cameras. That means that the lens is not nearly as wide. And uh, looking at the other two cameras, you can see that glare is a lot more pronounced on the Sony FDRX 3000. And uh, if I had to vote myself, I would say the Garmin Verb Ultra 30 has the best picture coming off of our live mode viability test. Okay, so that uh, raised a few points that we wanted to bring up during the live broadcast here. And if you have any questions in the chat room, let us know. Sasha, you had a question for me first and foremost. Okay, so my question is, why would you need a tripod stand in an underwater case? Okay. Like, why would you? Why would sure, you sure. That? Yeah. What What's the purpose in having the ability to put a tripod on it? Yeah, I can't so, dive that deep. <laughs> yeah, right. A thousand feet below, we've got a tripod and it's floating on its side. Uh, so a couple points there. First of all, the waterproof case is also a way of making the camera more rugged. So it's going to be able to handle the elements a lot better. So if you want to mount it on your helmet, for example, and you're motorcycling or going down a hill on, on skis, you probably want to have that waterproof case on it, one, because snow will damage it if it gets wet, but also because it's going to be a lot more rugged if you fall, which you're going to fall because you're not paying attention because you're too busy pushing buttons on your camera. Come on, people. But if you are underwater, <laughs> what's that look? <laughs> that went crazy. All of a sudden, we're, we're motorbiking in the snow. Oh, well, buttons. I'm just assuming that we're, we're really <laughs> action-packed here because we've got our, our new Sony action cam. That's the one we're referring to. Um, the other reason, as we're going to be underwater is this little guy selfie stick if you're scuba diving how cool is it that you can set that thing way out there all right and film yourself in the coral reef Right. right or whatever it is that you're doing or or just get closer to the get, things that you don't want to actually physically get close to <laughs> here comes the shark there goes your camera it's not that rugged yeah um, so those are two points that i would raise i just if you're swimming through a coral reef would you not be focused on the coral reef and the beauty of that rather than what do your I self centric like? you self? will no absolutely you will but, but you want to shoot that three minutes of video and then enjoy it for 30 minutes right like go go turn it off and go do your thing but it just to capture those moments it's like when when we do things with the kids i'll bring out the camera i'll take some short video and then i go back to interacting and you know put away the phone right. folks put it away um so yeah you'll you'll spend more time that's the theory anyway that's Fair my enough. theory i that's how i would shoot see yeah. we have uh, i mentioned earlier we have the sj cam 4000 we okay and we took that that's with the 1080p us. Model. This is the 4K. Yeah, we took that with us when we uh, went on our family vacation mm -hmm. in April, um, and I did the news from the Caribbean. Yes. Um, you've never done that one, Sasha. Just saying. She's going to Jamaica. <laughs> um, but uh, I, we took ours underwater, and we just had the little yellow floaty thing so that yes. if you ever lose it, it yep. floats up to the top. That's handy. But uh, you know, you do get some really good video when you're going under the water. Um, mm -hmm. And so, I, I mean, as much as I make fun of the idea of a selfie stick when you're in the, under the water, I, mean, I could see the value to it. Because, I mean, I, come yeah. to think of it, there was a few times where I was underwater with my kids. I'm like, hey, guys. So I sure. could totally see it. Yeah. Right, or but then also, I mean, it gets you closer to things that you couldn't get close to otherwise. Like, I, sure. I saw, I wouldn't say it was an octopus. Well, it could have been an octopus. It was like a big squid, maybe. I don't okay. know which is bigger. It was, anyway, it was there. It was in the water. 
I couldn't get anywhere near it because it was probably like seven feet below me, and I can't, mm-hmm. I can't dive underwater very mm-hmm. well at all. But if I had that selfie stick, I could get like a real zoomed in look. See, I chased oh, after a sure, barracuda. Sure. Yeah, but well, luckily the barracuda did not chase it, after you. It did not turn on yeah. me. No. Good, good, good to hear. Yeah. I've got this selfie stick, and the reason that I had this handy, as a matter of fact, is because I was looking for ways, how can we get this Garmin Verb Ultra 30 to mount on a tripod? Because it would be, you know, it shot some really nice live mode video. It's surprising that they didn't do something like the other cameras, which have a quarter inch threading on the bottom, like the Sony, or here's the Olympus, right? Um, the as you saw, and the, even the Nikon has a, a threading. Uh, and as we saw, there's a, a special adapter for the SJ Cam that comes with it that mm-hmm. allows you to do that. Uh, so this is the only one that failed that particular aspect of the test. And so I brought out a selfie stick, thinking, I wonder if a selfie stick um, cell phone adapter would help, right? Because oh, this is made right. for a cell phone, and it's uh, it's not going to fit this way. But it is actually possible to put the Garmin Verb Ultra in. Let's see here. If I'm just careful with it, I can get it in kind of like that. Okay, so it's upright. And the HDMI and USB are still exposed. Okay. So then it can go on a tripod, and you'll need a tripod head that can turn 90 degrees. So that may be that may be a solution to that problem that is available at the dollar store. Huh. Right? So not, not too bad. You saw it first here. Now you know how to make it happen. Did we have any questions before we wrap up the feature tonight? Uh, and of course, next week we are going to be placing all of these cameras on a mounting unit that, uh, that I built. And it allows us to film from all six cameras simultaneously the same thing so that we can do a direct comparison, not live mode, actually recorded to the micro SD. So that's where we're going to get to see some of these cameras that did not support live mode over HDMI. Mm-hmm. And cool. then you can compare. So if live mode doesn't matter to you, Make sure you tune in next week. We're going to be looking at the actual recordings on disc. Will we be talking about retail prices at all? We will not be covering retail prices because they change, especially at this time of year. But head on over to cat5.tv slash action cam, and you can click on the links. Do comparison shopping. I I encourage you to do that. Um, Please do um, support us by purchasing it through those links. In particular, um, take a look at the B&H links. Um, So when you're looking at these action cams, they provided these for us tonight. Um, So I would encourage you to support them uh, in turn. And a portion of those those sales also comes to support Category 5 uh, technology TV. Now, with the live video, did you end up testing the microphone? No, not, not, No? no. I would never do live video with a camera's built in mic. Okay. And so that is completely irrelevant because I would never, ever do that in a, st- in a live mode scenario. Fair enough. All right. Okay. Fair? Yep. And that's why in all that video I had the headset on. Right. And I, and I know for the studio purposes we, we sure. do have that. Yeah. I just, but when you're you're going to hear it. When you're out and about experiencing life, that's when you really... And, that, and that's something yeah. we're going to hear next week exactly. on the show. We're going to put that all together for you. So you're going to be able to hear the microphones. We're going to hear the wind noise outdoors and things like that and see how each, uh, each camera as well as each microphone um, works. See, I'm really interested to see how the, the SJ Cam 5000 holds up because I know mm-hmm. for our 4000, the wind blows and it's just like the old school camcorder. Oh, yes. All you hear is, yeah, all you heard was the yeah. wind. And Thunder. You so I'm, I'm very interested to see how that works. Me too. 
Good All of these are great cameras. So, uh, so tune in next week as we uh, reveal to you the comparison of all of these cameras. Thank you for watching our feature tonight. Hope you enjoyed. And if you have any questions, make sure you get them in uh, right away live at Category5.tv. And they may get featured on the next portion of our Action Cam Showdown. All 4K, folks. All right, we've got to head over to the newsroom. Sasha Dermatis is over there standing by with some great stories. What do you got? That's right. Here are the stories we're covering this week in the Category5.tv newsroom. Thieves are using radio jammers to leave your car unlocked when you use the key fob to lock it. The evolution of the grocery store is coming from Amazon. From the creepy toy files, you might want to think twice about placing an IQ or Kayla smart toy under the tree this season. And are you a daily, a daily motion user? Change your passwords immediately. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. Jeff Weston. Yeah, man. You're building a brand new beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? Oh, you're a terrible actor. What? This is where acting comes into play. Oh, I didn't know we were acting. You're supposed to act. Okay, fair enough. All right. yeah, I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? You need hosting. One of the things about a hosting account is you don't want to have limitations put on your website. It's true. How much hard drive space do you have? How many email accounts? How many domains can point to it? Well, we've got an amazing deal for you. For a very limited time, cat5.tv slash dreamhost. For just $5 and a bit of change per month, you are going to get unlimited website hosting, unlimited email accounts on that hosting uh, service. You are also going to receive a free domain name. Ooh. So your own .com. Nice. To put that amazing website that you've been working on it's on true. there. If you run, if you want to build a WordPress site, fine. Sign up. Cat5.tv slash dreamhost. Just don't put Panama Papers on it. Just don't do it. But hey, uh, it's a great deal, folks. Best deal you're going to find. $5 and change per month. Go to cat5.tv slash dreamhost. I'm Sasha Dermatis, and here are the top stories for the week of December 7th. 2016. Police in England are warning that thieves are using radio jammers to steal items from cars parked at motorway service stations. The police said the transmitters could be used to interrupt signals from remote keys, preventing vehicles from being locked properly. The force said 14 recent thefts from vehicles with no obvious sign of a break-in had been reported. It advised motorists to check vehicles before leaving them unattended. Remote keys have a unique signal which is transmitted via radio waves from the fob to the car. Jammers overpower these signals from the owner's key and interfere with this communication. The devices can be used over a large area, in theory allowing thieves to cover an entire car park. Would-be thieves rely on drivers pressing the lock button on their fob and forgetting to double-check whether the vehicle is secured, leaving it open and allowing for easy entry. More modern vehicles, which use keyless entry, could also be vulnerable. This is an interesting point because everybody seems to rely on their key fobs now. And as long as they hear the beep, I just assume all is well. But really, if they're jamming it, you'd probably still hear the beep, right? I don't know if you would. I think it would just like cut off the signal completely. But uh, you, you're at a busy parking lot at a mall and you've got the kids running around or whatever have you, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
I, I suppose they could get sophisticated enough that when it jams the signal, it could beep another horn or something like that, or you know, something to throw you off. But see, and I, I know that a lot of vehicles, more so on the higher end, the ones that I can't afford, uh, they've got. The, the keys where when you get close enough, it automatically unlocks, and when you walk away, it automatically locks it. But it's like within a proximity of 5, 10 feet or something. Okay. So it makes me wonder if this would prevent those from working as well. I suppose it depends on how that technology works. I'm not familiar with the inner workings of that. Um, if it's looking, it sounds to me like that type of locking mechanism is looking for a signal. Right. So when you get too far for the signal to reach the car, it locks. So you would think in that case... If they jammed your signal, the door would lock. Right. Mm -hmm. So it would be the opposite effect. But what they're doing is actually basically blocking your car's ability to receive the locking code that is coming from the... Find a way to jam the jammers. Jam the jammers. It sounds like a hip-hop track from the 1980s. (laughs) See, and I immediately go to Raspberry. (laughs) Raspberry? Only one person uses Raspberry. Spaceballs. Jammed. Jam. Nice. Oh, wait, yeah. Space Jam. That's all I'm thinking. No, no, no. <laughs> Not Space Jam. Rick Moranis. Yeah. Spaceballs. Fantastic. Uh, no. Okay, totally unrelated, but completely related. The Spaceballs yeah. reference was unrelated. <laughs> That's right. I was thinking more so about the key fob thing. Did you know that your head can be used to extend the signal of your remote for your car? This is where we realize... It- that Jeff Weston is actually bonkers. <laughs> no, no, it's true. It's true. My, my dad showed this to me because somebody showed it to him about 15 years ago and he uses it all the time. So we were at a, at a car lot looking for a, Stick a car. it in your nose no, and no, push the button? And he was, he was trying to find the car that we were looking, looking mm-hmm. to get. And it wasn't working, so then I see him go like this. And then way on the other side of the lot, I hear the car's alarm go off. And then he turns it off. And I'm like, what? And he's like, that was a little trick that was taught to me. So I looked it up. Apparently, you're head works as some sort of like extension to the signal. So is that how we jam the jammers is to hold it to our chin when we lock our cars? I don't know, maybe. maybe. A lot of crazy people walking around with fob, fobulous people <laughs> walking around. <laughs> but, um, bum. Wow. <laughs> uh. Amazon has revealed plans for a brick and mortar grocery store chain with a checkout process where customers will instead pay for the goods they have selected via an app. The Just Walk Out shopping experience uses the same types of technologies found in self-driving cars. Customers will swipe into the store using the Go app. It will use computer vision, sensors, and deep learning algorithms to keep track of what customers are picking up off the shelves. Amazon has spent four years developing the shop. The shop will offer ready-to-eat breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snack options made fresh every day by on-site chefs or by local kitchens and bakeries. Grocery essentials such as bread and milk will also be on sale alongside Amazon meal kits with all the ingredients needed to make a meal for two in about 30 minutes. Once the shopper leaves the store, their Amazon account will be charged and receipt sent to them. The first shop is expected to open to the public in Seattle in the U.S. in early 2017. Questions, comments, thoughts, concerns? (laughs) (laughs) It's a dangerous precedent to set up a store where you just grab something off the shelf and walk out the door because won't it eventually happen where 
that will become the norm to the point where if I go into a craft shop or something, I might forget that, oh, I have to go to a cashier and walk out with something that I haven't paid for. That seems like a shaky defense, though. I don't know. Because you have to log I'm, in actively. See, uh, <laughs> sort of. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess you do, eh? So it's more like a digital shopping without a cashier on right. steroids kind of idea. But so what happens? Not that the cashier is on steroids. Now, what will happen if I walk in? <laughs> say, Dave and I go to one of these stores, which yes. he wouldn't because he's like really anti-robot. Um, <laughs> but you know, I still go. I don't go to ATMs when I don't have to, and I don't go to um, to ro- robotic cashiers. And that's not because I'm anti anti robot. It's because I support the people. employment of I support people. Human. And so I, I don't. So I. So just to interject that, you know, I, I, I go to the teller because I want to support the teller. And I go to the robot, even though I love people. This is I'm not anti person. I'm just pro robot. Okay. Um, however, if Dave and I walk into this Amazon shop, right, and yeah. we're both walking around logged in, how will it be able to discern who? gets charged mm. for what when we're side by each. Yeah. It's just double dipping. Maybe so you need to take Amazon, two of everything. Right, but yeah. You need to take two See, of but everything. what happens if you walk in and you don't have your phone? Or you're not oh, logged well, in? Well, they assume that everyone has their phone at all times. You assume. But they it, assume, it, yes, absolutely. What if your do. phone dies halfway through the process? What if, yeah, you can't, you can't leave the store. But no, Oh my gosh, I hope you don't have a fifth gen iPhone. But with that, I mean, if there's anybody even in the store, because of the fact that now the store is completely robotic, I mean, you could walk in without a phone and be like, oh, I'm just going to take this fruit salad here, and I don't need oh, to pay. Oh, guaranteed they'd have security. Like, you're going to have massive Guaranteed. Chefs. They have in-store chefs. So the chefs will come at you with a butcher knife. That's right. Cut hey, you, you didn't pay. Knife. Yeah, look out. <laughs> chef's knives flying at you. That's right. Uh, Buy those from our affiliates. Yes. I just... <laughs> the chef knives? Or, or the... Never mind. Uh, okay. we, we can turn anything into an advertisement. Something... Like last week, our accidental ad about the coffee cups. That was amazing. If you haven't seen it, make sure you get onto our YouTube channel, linuxtechshow.com. That was not an ad for linuxtechshow.com. It was um, a good ad. It was. You put it, was put it up, but I, I enjoyed it. Here's yeah. something not to buy on Amazon. The makers of the IQ and Kayla Smart Toys have been accused of subjecting children to ongoing surveillance and posing an imminent and immediate threat to their safety and security. The accusations come via a formal complaint in the U.S. by consumer groups. They, along with several, several EU bodies, are calling for investigations into the manufacturers. Genesis Toys, which makes the products, has not responded to a request for comment. Nor has Nuance Communications, the firm that provides speech recognition software for the products. It is also a subject of a U.S. complaint filed with the Federal Trade Commission. The Norwegian Customer or the Norwegian Consumer Council also assessed the toys and their terms and conditions. They found the products lacking and potentially in breach of advertising regulations. It's quite disturbing because the company reserves the right to direct marketing towards kids, said Finn Meerstad, technical director of digital services at the council. In January 2015, the BBC and security researcher Ken Monroe at Pen Test Partners revealed the vulnerability in Kayla's software that allowed the doll to be hacked. 
And Mr. Meersted said that it appeared the problem had not yet been fixed nearly two years later. Wow. Crazy. According to the U.S. complaint, the doll prompts children to provide personal data verbally, including their parents' names, the names of their school, and the place where they live. Rick Ferguson, researcher at security firm Trend Micro, says how the data is collected and stored and shared, all of that appears to be almost entirely unregulated. And the parents are certainly not made aware of and in any comprehensible fashion of the extent of the data that's collected or how it may be used in the future. It also says the toys allowed unauthorized Bluetooth connections from any phone or tablet within 50 feet or 15 meters. The Norwegian Consumer Council has now filed its own complaints to three authorities in Norway, including the Consumer Protection Ombudsman. Further complaints from other bodies are to be filed in France, Sweden, Greece, Belgium, Ireland, and the Netherlands. That's a creepy toy. That's a super insanely creepy toy. Yeah. I feel like I would use that toy as a spy cam more than I would use it as an actual toy. But in this instance, this company is the spy. This company is storing the data who knows where and who knows how. Mm-hmm. And how secure that data is. Now, I, I, Not real, cool. I realize, you know, that it, that it's a news story, but I feel like there's some bits of pieces of information that are missing. I mean, it talks about Bluetooth connection within 15 to 30 feet, but what is that Bluetooth connection for? And does that give you full access to the hard drive? Is it based on an app? And does this stuff transmit over the internet? I'd say. Yeah, it's cloud driven. I would so say. this stores it on, is cloud driven. Maybe sure maybe is. I missed that in the news. I was trying to re, uh, listen, but I, I could have missed it. But uh, so does it automatically update with? Well, this new- is the thing. We nobody really knows. They they haven't received mm-hmm. word from the company. You know where where's this being stored? Where's this data being stored? So How's th- it being secured? Yeah, How are you I protecting these children? Feel like it really directly hits us in like a very vulnerable spot because you can't. You want to teach children, mm-hmm. you know, self-play. You want them to entertain themselves. You don't want to be there all of the time. And you give them this doll that's supposed to interact and be fun. And this doll is creepily spying on your family. <laughs> it's kind of like yeah. Chucky. Okay, it so- could be if someone hacked it and turned it into one. So sure it could. I, uh, I, wh- why do I always have to fight with you, Sasha? I just don't get it. <laughs> Just remember, because not all robots really are evil. Really like Jeff. to be not wrong. All. I maybe I do, maybe I do. <laughs> but there's a part of me that's sitting here going, "Is this such a huge shock?" Like we, you've got online presence, you've got apps that are geared for kids that are all internet based. This doesn't stop. And no matter what you do, I mean, it's sure this is a doll and you know, this robot thing that maybe the company can update, but it's no different than any other online interaction that kids have. I I mean, I think of all the apps that I've downloaded for my kids to their phones, and you could do suggestive advertising. You could store all that information anyway. I mean, how many apps do parents download, and they don't look at the fact that, oh, this calendar app has access to your phone, your microphone, your camera? Yeah, exactly. So... I, I get why people are like, oh my gosh, this doll, it's going to, you know, but we've got apps that do that. 
Why is this such a shock that we live in a world of Internet of Things that records the, your life? I think it's because the apps are actually for adults. You give your adult phone to yeah, your child. That's you're, the parent's you decision. Are, it's the parent's consent to do that, whereas you're giving the child a toy. Yeah, but my, my five-year-old's not, not going to go yeah, buy yeah, yeah, that yeah. toy from Toys R Us herself. I'm going to buy it and give it to her. I need it's to, no different than downloading an app for my kids. I need to clarify, um, looking at the IQ robot, um, do I need an internet connection to play with IQ? This is on their website. An internet connection will be required to download the free app, which unlocks all of the fun things which IQ can do. Some functions, such as searching for information on the internet, famous people, places, etc., require an internet connection. Right, of course. Uh, Wi-Fi is recommended. Many of IQ's features do not require an internet connection, such as his games, brain teasers, and trivia. So they're not exposing there what it actually does. What has happened is somebody's looked at the terms and conditions and realized that they have rights that that they can do things with data that is collected by these robots. Right, and they can do target marketing and do things like that. So it becomes. It's not a toy. It's it's a marketing thing. But so is the rest of everything that's connected. connected that doesn't to make internet. it okay. No, I completely agree. Here, here we are I totally playing agree. on the innocence of children and and trusting, putting trust in these kinds of things. Like we had Teddy Ruxpin. He was pretty benign. Yeah, I had that's, that's I had Bingo the Bear, who pretty much just said things when you clicked his mouth. See, I had Alfie. Where you put Elfie? The little, yeah, you put the little cards in there, and then you play the game. Oh, yes. Yeah. And there was Robbie the Robot. I'm I do not classic. recall Robbie the Robot. I'm jealous right now. I, yeah. I knew of these things. I wanted them. I had none. <laughs> sure, you could <laughs> probably still get I them. I had Speak and Spell and Speak and Math. That, those are cool. Yeah. Um, I really wanted one of those children-sized cars that you could actually drive, the electric cars. Right. And when, when, they, when they came out, was I was like the I was uh, one year older than the maximum age, and wow. it still hurts me to this day. So uh, we've got one that our kids ride, and I yeah. just like to point out I can get on that and drive it. <laughs> Not recommended, <laughs> but I can. This All is right. when you need a selfie stick. No, yeah. I, don't, I, like I don't need a selfie stick because I need both that. hands on the wheel. Really? When I drive a kid's car. That's it. All right, Sasha. All right, details of more than 85 million users of video sharing site Dailymotion have been hacked, according to leaked source. Not another one. Another one. The breach detection company said that 85.2 million usernames and email addresses and 18 million scrambled passwords had been stolen on the 20th of October. But the passwords were protected with the bcrypt hashing algorithm, which should make it hard for hackers to access accounts. In a blog post, Dailymotion advised all its users to change their passwords. It said it has come to our attention that a potential security risk coming from outside Dailymotion may have compromised the passwords for a certain number of accounts. It also passed on advice about how to come up with a hard-to-guess password and said users should not use a simple pass a word and number combination such as password 1234. Commenting on the hack attack, Mark James, a security specialist at ESET, said, check and change your passwords on this site. If you have used that same password on any other site, then check those, then change those immediately and possibly consider a password manager if you're not already using one. Without further information about what 
was or what was not stolen, we won't know the extent of the damage, but needless to say, more data being added to your already overflowing online profile floating around the web is not good for any of us. Based in Paris, Dailymotion is ranked as the 113th most popular website in the world, according to Alexa rankings. This year has seen a series of massive data breaches with experts saying that there are now 1.5 billion stolen credentials available to hackers and attackers online. The one thing I have to say is I really like the way they released the information and said, okay, listen, not only have I told you that this, there has been this breach, but I would like you to change your password for this, your password for you know other accounts. I want to let you know that there is some encryption, so maybe your stuff might be a little bit safe. Makes me feel more comfortable with them. Hmm. See, and I'm, again... I'm not surprised that we have another password hacked story. It seems like a weekly thing now, doesn't it? It does. But what seems to surprise me is the fact that they're saying, please don't make your password, password one, two, three, four. <laughs> but it's like, like the number one password. Like, what am I supposed to do? Password four, three, two, one? It, in the world of tech. I'm not making fun of you just because that's your password. But, but I mean, so come I, on. I, watch. Worry, I worry because I am not a great strong password maker like I do sometimes use a password generator and then I use password a password manager to store that but when yeah. I'm coming up with a password I literally look around the room find find something mm -hmm. and then spell it out in numbers and letters do a little search on our website category5.tv for password recipe and it's a great way to create stronger passwords while doing exactly that same thing by associating and you can even write them down and people won't be able to get your password from having written it down because like uh, I, my coffee for example could be part of my password so coffee could be the word but um, mug is what I write down and what I remember right right um, and, and so made, re like, the, watch that episode it, it goes you, into great detail about if, password recipes yeah for example if you if you if coffee was part of your password but the e's were threes and the c was a five you're getting leet. Right. Oh, that's yeah. exactly what I was now thinking. We're getting, now we're getting that's, sophisticated. That's what if I If all of our ones were actually exclamation points. I kind of, I like, I, sp I spell my things out <laughs> correctly, but with symbols instead of letters. <laughs> <laughs> I, my password is just seven hyphens. <laughs> Nobody will ever guess it. All right, okay. fo folks. Oh, yeah, we've, you've got to wrap up. Wrap you've got to wrap up. Thanks for watching the Category5.tv newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. From the Category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Dermatis. Thanks, Sasha. I wanted to interject there, and then I realized, no, you were, you, your show wasn't over yet, right? We've got to wait for Sasha's show to be over Give me my time. before the Robbie and Jeff show can begin. Um, okay, Chipolo. These are fantastic. They're and very cool. We've got a pair of these to give away. So one for you, one for your loved one. Not to put on you. your loved one. Two for you. Uh, these are the Chipolo Plus, and what they are is they're tracker devices about the size of a coin. And these ones are the Plus model is waterproof. It has a much louder uh, ring to it. And what it allows you to do is find things that you lost, including things like your phone. Uh, because the app is actually in two-way communication with these devices through Bluetooth. So you can click 
on the Chipolo and it will ring your phone, or you can touch a button on the app and it will ring the Chipolo. So it's like two-way, you know, better than those whistle devices that we used to have. Mm -hmm. uh, you can place these on things and, uh, and track them down in your house, but it takes it one step further. And through mesh networking, all of a sudden, you can put that on something that may get stolen or something like that or something that you lose quite often or forget at a friend's house. And you can actually see in the app a map that shows you the last known uh, location. Uh, if it was able to connect to someone else uh, th uh, through someone else's Bluetooth, it will show you the current location um, mm -hmm. on the map, and you can track that all down. That's Chipolo Plus, and we've got a couple of these to give away for for part of our Christmas giveaways and everything. So go to cat5.tv/chipolo, and it's spelled C-H-I-P-O-L-O. Now, do you remember what episode it was that we reviewed those? Well, you can actually get onto our website, category5.tv, and just do a search. I don't remember the number itself, but that's a really quick way to find it. Yeah. Just type in Chipolo on our website. Our search is actually really, really sweet, powered by Algolia. Uh, they do a fantastic job. I mean, they're, it's like having Google uh, quality search on our website, and uh, that's fantastic. A uh, big seller as well this week is uh, our amp sound devices. Uh, you've Love been using that. these? Yes. These are fantastic. They're earbuds. They're Bluetooth earbuds, um, and they double as hearing aids. Yes. So while you're listening to music and everything, they're Bluetooth to your phone. Uh, you can answer calls on them, but they also can be switched into a hearing aid mode that gives you better hearing. Uh, Amplifies the sound around you. Which yeah. Is, yeah. So it's uh, they're fantastic. They're a real hot seller for Christmas. Uh, go to cat 5 TV slash amp sound, just like it sounds, A-M-P-S-O-U-N-D. And thank you for purchasing those through our link. Um, and certainly if you've got a loved one who is uh, experiencing a, a reasonable amount of hearing loss, these are great because they don't require a medical examination. They don't That's require right. doctor to sign a note. Or, and most of all, they don't require the high expense of buying hearing aids. Yeah. Um, that is true. It's true. So, uh, and they've got a built-in charger, and it, it, they're fantastic. Check them out on our site, cat5.tv/ampsound. The case itself is also chargers. The case itself yeah. is the charger. Yeah, you charge the case, and then you That's carry right. it around in the case, and then you, they charge themselves while you're carrying cool. them. It's fantastic. Uh, I'm getting excited about um, the shows that are coming up this spring. Uh, in particular, Star Trek Discovery is uh, going yes. to be starting in 2017, yes. uh, and uh, they have made the announcement of who some of the crew is, but uh, the most notable um, thing to mention is the captain. You want I'm to tell excited a about, this. about this. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's Michelle Yao. I think that's how you pronounce it, Yao? I think so, yeah. Um, yeah. She was in uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, I think it was called. Um, Tomorrow Never Dies, yep. James Bond. Right, yeah. Um, um, she, she's like an action superstar. Yeah, according to Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes, she was ranked as the highest female action star. So it makes me think, like, she does her own stunts, folks. So this is, I mean, I know William Shatner did his own stunts, but th she's serious. So we, we've got a female captain, uh, which I think is awesome. Uh, Catherine Janeway was amazing. Yep. And uh, so it really, you know, it's going to put a, a neat spin on it, having an action superstar female captain. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to look forward to, to all that's to come. A couple other folks have been uh, announced, but uh, none quite as exciting. Um, so do check out StarTrek.com for more information about Star Trek Discovery. I really hope it's not airing on Wednesday nights, because if it is... You know I, what? It's going to be... It's the Netflix mentality, right? <laughs> it's like the whole the whole thing is going to be online, so... Okay, perfect, because I was going to say, if it's Wednesday nights, I may have to like step back from the show, because it's Star Trek. Mm, 
yeah. The whole show. The whole show just now? moved to Thursdays. Uh, are you <laughs> Not that Def- we would ever defeat, move the show. No, addiction, yes. <laughs> Category 5 technology TV just changed. Uh, we actually spend the entire hour just watching Star Trek Discovery together. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, See how that goes over with CBS. You know what's funny? They're I, a little bit on the strict side these days. I bet you if you had the camera on Sasha, people would still tune in, though. Just have That's her crazy. have her in the corner. That's how we'll get away with it. It's because her fan Sasha base is so reacts. Huge. Sasha reacts <laughs> to Star Trek Discovery. How does that sound? And I do all my own stunts. And you've got the green screen, so we, we <laughs> can already superimpose you over the show. Uh, every once in, while Sasha floats through space. <laughs> <laughs> just dress her in a Starfleet uniform every week. The, our ratings just went way, way up. You know, in the chat room, they're saying that you're the modern-day Jean-Luc Picard. That's so sweet. Can you pull out your piccolo and do the, uh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas montage? No. Well, you know what? Inner Light is one of my favorite songs to play on an on a Irish tin whistle, though. Um, so if you haven't seen Inner Light, make sure you go check I, it out, and I I'll play that for you sometime. Okay. Next week? Next week? I'd have to find my tin whistle. <laughs> <laughs> it's packed somewhere. <laughs> haven't played it recently, but oh. uh, yeah, we could do that. That'd be fun. We are, we are going to do a show where each of the viewers contributes a little bit of a song or plays a little bit of an instrument at some point. We're going to mash it all together, right? Then, I, I think then, that would be a lot of fun okay. if, if that could be pulled off. It's hard, though, I know, for everybody to, to put stuff together and, and actually take the time to, to send stuff in and, and all that kind of stuff. So but How great but, would that be? And we do encourage interaction. I mean, hey, comment below. Like this video. I see that our, our views are starting to, to climb on YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, which is exciting. And so, you know, if you're watching live, if you've seen the show live or on demand through another platform like Roku, hey, head on over to YouTube and click on the video again. And and uh, just let it play. Click like on it and all that kind of stuff just so that it helps with our numbers. And uh, that encourages our supporters, our sponsors as well. So You know thanks. what I've enjoyed about the YouTube? Is some the, of the YouTube. Com- <laughs> the YouTube. Uh, about the YouTube um, viewers is the comments are starting to become a cross-episode. So yeah. like you, you show, pointed out to me the other day that somebody commented about the whole uh, robot kitchen thing. Yes. And, I, and it wasn't even on that episode. It was on a, f- a, it, s- a subsequent episode. That's right. Yeah. It was a se- so now we've got like <laughs> the repeating viewers that are commenting about previous episodes. on, And I'm loving that interaction. It's great. Keep it up. Just Bring it up, Poking folks. fun at Sasha, not me. No. Make fun of them both. All right, fine. I'll share, <laughs> Call me bald. I'll share the load. <laughs> <laughs> Call me bald nerd, you know. <laughs> Dot com. My friends don't make fun of me, Jeff. So are you These saying? Are my people. So I guess you're saying we're not friends. Is that how you're going to end this episode? My, fri- my friends don't make fun of me. I see how it is. <laughs> well, that's how we finish the show. On that Sasha note, Sasha just saying we're not friends. I'll be your friend. Thanks, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> Will you be my neighbor? Have a fantastic week, everyone. I am looking forward to next Wednesday night. See how I did that. Teddy Ruxpin will be my friend. Is Twensday is a real word? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next Twensday night when, I, uh, uh, when we show you those cameras. We're going to show you those action cams side by side. You're going to get to compare them uh, in a recording environment. So that's exciting. Uh, make sure you tune in. And we will see you next Wednesday night. See ya. Bye.